welcome to the Awakening Journey podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Shinko. The Awakening Journey isn't the easiest path of growth to choose, but it can be an exciting one. This is the podcast where I share my insights, all my channelings, my downloads of inspiration that I get from time to time. I also bring on special guests to give a different perspective on things. I don't know exactly where this path is taking me, but that's the fun part. I'm excited to see where this goes. Let's find out together. You're listening to the Awakening Journey podcast, and this is episode 12, Human Design with Kelly Mahalik. Now, getting to know who you are inside and out is a never-ending job. Now, whether you know it or not, we're actually given tools to help give us direction and guidance in life. And on today's episode, I actually bring on a guest who has made it her life's work to help people with this special tool. Now, she's going to explain it a little bit because it's very intricate and very multifaceted. And actually, it can explain why a lot has happened in your life and make sense of it all. Her name is Kelly Mahalik, and she is an embodied leadership coach who specializes in guiding women into stepping into their sacred identity and everything that God has created for you. She has been in the online industry for about three years, and she has helped hundreds of women ignite their soul's purpose while infusing pleasure and play into everything that they do. Embodiment is an inside job, and instead of trying to do all of the things to get you there, She teaches you instead just to be. And she uses human design to do that with her clients. Now, she is very passionate about seeing other women create financial freedom in their own terms and on in their own purpose based business. So let's get right to that interview. If you get any value from today's episode and you want to show your support, Donations of any amount are welcome. Just click on the donations PayPal link in the show notes. Thank you so much for your love and support. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. We are talking about all things human design today. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of it. And today I have a guest on. I brought somebody on to talk about it because I'm so curious about it. This is something that I've been kind of dancing around in my own life. And I found somebody who lives in it. So her name is Kelly Mahalik. She is a human design mentor and embodied leadership facilitator. Welcome, Kelly. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this because I myself have been, like I said, I've been dancing around, learning it. I look at it and I'm like, okay, it looks like a lot. I'm just going to back off. And then I don't get into it. So Let's tell the view or the listeners exactly what human design really is. Yeah. So human design is kind of like a super tool that was created by a man in the eighties who was having kind of like a spiritual experience in Ibiza where he was visited by something called the voice. Now, I think that we have all heard the voice in our lives, right? And some of us call it like God or the universe or source or intuition or our higher selves or the Holy Spirit or right. We call it whatever we want to call it, but he referred to it as the voice that spoke to him and uh, gave him this boom essentially that 
there were multiple spiritual, ancient, modern, and esoteric, um, and even scientific tools that had been brought into the world throughout time and place and history, uh, but that they were not actually these separate technologies, okay. that they were puzzle pieces that were meant to fit together that enhanced one another, which if you think about it, like kind of makes sense that if there was some divine mm -hmm. intelligence or something, it wouldn't just give like all of it to one people. It needs to be right? digestible, this right? Like you got to right? be This able idea to that like one people group or culture got all of the right information on spirituality and the universe and how it all works and got a hundred percent of it and everybody else got zero percent like doesn't make sense so it yeah. makes sense in this idea that like different places would be able to channel and bring through different aspects and pieces of truth of the divine right and of mm -hmm. humanity and life and what the hell we're all doing here yeah and so he <laughs> kind of the brought, idea of it right and so he brought these different pieces together to create a more holistic picture of this you know adventure that we call life and so he took from uh western astrology the chinese I Ching, uh pieces of kabbalah particularly the tree of life which is a jewish uh mysticism tradition mm -hmm. uh the hindu brahman chakra centers and quantum physics which is the most modern um, of them all only being birthed in the early 1900s right in the 20th century i love that and so we get to bring all of these things together to create kind of this super tool that brings the wisdom of all of these different peoples and places and cultures and things into one space that gives us really essentially like a blueprint for who we are, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you buy a car or a new appliance, right? I just got an espresso machine, Okay. right? Yeah. And like with the Nespresso machine came owner's manual and guides right. of how to use them, how to set them up, how to not use them. Because if I use them that way, it would actually be abusing them and would not, and they would not function properly, right? Mm. What to do, what not to do, mm -hmm. how to keep it running in, you know, optimal performance for the longest amount of time to get the most use out of it, right? I love and, that analogy. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so, and we do this with our cars and all of these other things, right? With our vehicles, we have to know what kind of gas to put in it. We have to know how often to change the oil. We have to know how right. often to rotate the tires, like all of these things to keep our vehicles running at optimal performance. And so if our human self, right, is the vehicle that our soul is riding around this earth plane in, our human design is our owner's manual that tells us how we can run at optimal performance. That is freaking amazing. Like that makes so much sense. And it kind of like simplifies it because yeah, when I go into it, I've never had guidance. I've never went for an actual reading. So I'm like, when you go in and if you're like, oh, I can just do this on my own, you're like, mm, no, you're missing vital information. And I can see that just going in. So the way you described it, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. like, what is it like with this design? So you go in and what is the first things that you tend to go find? Right. So when you initially pull up your chart, which you can do at um, a easy website to remember is mybodygraph.com. Okay. Right. And there is actually a link that should be maybe in the show notes where you can like go directly to finding your chart too. If you follow the link to my to my page, there's a link to run your chart if you don't have one in there. Right. Yeah. But um, you can go and you can find your link 
and, or you can find your chart and it prints out this really weird kind of looking person with a whole bunch of weird colored, sometimes and sometimes white shapes all connected by all of these different lines that are red and blue and all these different colors. And then there's these stacks of numbers down the yeah, side. With that's intimidating. <laughs> like, what is that? Right. And right. you look at it and you're just like, the fuck? Like, yeah, what yeah. is this even? What is even happening on mm -hmm. this piece of paper? And it like gives you no information. Right. And then the shapes did, it, don't even really follow the chakras. They kind of do, but right, they well, don't. Because there's right? nine. Because there's nine and mm -hmm. not seven, which is where people who are familiar with the chakra centers um, get like thrown off is because they're right. like, wait a minute, like it kind of looks like like that, but it's not because there's nine, right, which yeah. we can get into. But so there's so many different places to look. Typically, it will give you some key points of interest, such as your type right? Mm -hmm. So in human design, there are five types. And this is kind of really like the equivalent of the sun sign of okay. human design, right? Because like mm -hmm. when somebody says like, hey, what's your sign? And they're asking about astrology, they're typically looking for your sun sign, even though you have a moon sign, a rising sign, an ascendant, a <laughs> descendant, right? Every planet is sitting somewhere in your chart and has a sign. But when someone just says like, what's your sign? They're looking for your sun sign. And so in okay. human design, when someone says, what's your human design, they're looking for your type. Right. So, so is that like the projectors and the manifestors and the yes. generators and so all So there's okay. five right. manifestors, projectors, right. generators, manifesting generators, and reflectors. Okay. That is interesting. And so, so your type is basically your energy and how your energy runs in like through the world. Right. And so like manifestors are people who are here to initiate, mm -hmm. right? They're the people who are here to like have an idea, bring it through, get things started, right? Projectors are movers and alchemizers of energy and energy managers. And so they're really the people who are here to take the things that are already in existence and shift them and make them work better and bring new life into the systems that we have. Right. Generators are, um, are here to reclaim energy, their energy for themselves, to stop living in this paradigm that we like work, pay bills and die, right? And that <laughs> right. the energy that we have in life and in the world is to be given away to other people for other people's benefit, for other people's growth and success and, and wealth, right? And that really like we're here to be kind of selfish and, mm. and, and reclaim our energy back for ourselves manifesting generators are right. here to show people that you get to be all of you, right? For many gens, many gens are multifaceted, they're multi-passionate, um, and they're really Hard here to, to show focused. that, like, right, you are really just here as a many gen to show that you get to be all of you. If you can hold interest in it, if you can hold it like within you, you get to hold it in your work and in the rest of you. You get to be things that appear in this world to hold duality. Like you get to be deeply spiritual, but like highly sexual, right? You get to be really smart, but you also get to be like really fun and funny, 
right? You, it, there's no either ors in a Manny Jen world. It's always the both and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. right? I, I can vouch for that because honestly, when I go to the store and I see something, I'm like, well, I want this, but then I want that. And I'm like, fuck it. I can't decide. Like I always have to buy both. And my husband's like, why do I send you to the store? <laughs> right? right. Like sometimes I think that we're like the Veruca salts of the world. Where <laughs> we're just like, I want it all. And I want it all now. And like, yeah. We're here to actually give ourselves those permissions and to like, be like, I, and I get to have it all right. Mm-hmm. And I get to be it all. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then reflectors are really like the oracles of the world, right? Okay. Their charts are unique because they have no colors. All of those centers, all of those shapes are white. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, so they call what we, it's called definition when those okay. shapes are colored in. And so they have no definition in their chart, which means that they basically are like mirrors. So they are really the people who reflect, reflect back right. to us, yeah. like who we are as individuals, as tribes, households, society, right? Where we're healthy, where we're not. Um, they are really just the oracles and the, the guides and the mirrors of the world. That's interesting. So these, yeah, I mean, it's definitely your energies and you kind of you're like your role that you play it in earth when we come right so but i guess we all kind of have these energies these are just the ones that are most prominent in these types right yeah so that's what's really interesting is that when you really start digging deep into human design what most people don't realize is that we have like you know we have the type right Mm -hmm. which is how we use our energy Then we have a something called profile, which is like two numbers with like a slash. It looks like a ratio. So like I'm a six, two. Do you know what you are? I'm a two, four. You're a two, four. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is our archetype. Okay. This is kind of like what, this is really what role we're here to play in the world. The type is more like, how do we use our, how do we utilize our energy best where the, the profile is really the archetype of like who we are here to be. Then we have our centers. Right, which are all of those shapes. Right, yeah, all over the earth. It's yeah. like, is this a chakras? No, it's not. Wait a minute, you know, yeah. Right, so the reason why it is but isn't is because it is based out of the chakra system. So that's why it looks so similar. And most of them are going to be similar, right? We have the crown at the top, then we have the Ajna or the third eye, then we have the throat. And then where it splits is in the center, there's a big diamond shaped and then a small triangle off to the side. The big diamond shape is called the G center. The little triangle off to the side is called the will center. This is in the chakra system, the heart center. But in human design, we have evolved since the inception of the chakra system into from centered seven centered beings into nine centered beings. So when we talk about the G center or the will center, really both of them are what we would traditionally think of as the heart center, but they're separated a little bit because the G is focused on self-direction, identity, values. And the will center is based on our self-worth and our confidence and our competitiveness, right? Which we would lump yeah. all together more That's into the heart like the center. high heart and lower heart almost? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And so we're like, we're kind of just pulling them a little bit separate. Then you go down further and in the center, you have the sacral, mm-hmm. right? And then off to, if you're looking at a chart off to the right, you have the solar plexus, which is the emotional body, which that is another one that's split. Mm -hmm. because the solar plexus and the chakra system 
is both when we're talking about empathy, right? And being right. empathic, that's Connecting through the solar, and, yeah. that's through the solar plexus that that happens. Yeah. And so that can be emotional or energetic. And in the, and in the traditional seven centered system, that's all happening in the solar plexus right. in nine centered human design system. Emotions are in the solar plexus and directly across past the sacral onto the left energy is held in the spleen. Mm -hmm. And so though that is another one that's separated and then you have your root. That's your and inner so, authority almost, right? Like people come from either solar or sacral. So there are different inner authorities. <laughs> yeah, there's different inner authorities, right? Authorities are the place where we make decisions. And right. this is different. There's, you know, there's different types of authority. And so you can have an emotional authority in your solar plexus. Mm -hmm. um, you can have a sacral authority. You can have a splenic authority. You can have an ego uh, authority, which would be that will center. Um, you can have a self-projected authority, which is that G center. Uh, you can be sounding board, which is where you need to talk things out. Um, you can have a lunar authority, which is hmm. outside of you, where you actually have no inner authority. That's for reflectors. They have no inner authority. They are ruled by the cycles of the moon because they're so sensitive. And so they're so sensitive to those fast moving lunar transits. And so they really right. just need to like chill out and That's like people get a little frantic like right on move the phone. a little slow and make sure that they're not yeah. making big decisions in their lives based out of being supercharged because like it's an Aries moon and like they're feeling feisty and so they yeah. make a decision that like tomorrow they may regret when the moon moves into Taurus and they're feeling more grounded mm-hmm yeah, I know. That's, that's crazy. Just to think about like all these different aspects and bringing them all together in that place. So I know I kind of jumped ahead. Now you there, we got to the spleen or sorry, the spleen and the solar. Oh, the centers. Yeah. Right. The spleen, solar, and then there's the root at the bottom. Right. And so we have all of these centers, um, these nine centers. And for some people, they will be colored in. For some people, they will be white. When they're colored, we refer to them as defined. When they're white, we refer to them as undefined. And these are really a place where we can look and we can see our gifts and our shadows, what energies we innately have. If it's colored and defined, that means that that's an area of energy that you bring to the table, that you always have, that you self-source, that like you, and that doesn't mean that it's healthy because mm, you can be in a healthy, that's a good point. you can be in a healthy embodiment of that energy, or you can be in a shadowed embodiment of that energy, right? It just means that you really experience that energy the same way all the time because it's self-sourced. Yeah. If it's white, that's what we call undefined, um, or sometimes open, uh, that's where you are where you have like your psychic and empathic gifts, where you're absorbing energy from outside of you and you're taking on your environment, right? And so because you're absorbing from your environment, as your environment, people, places, things change, how you experience that energy is going to change, mm -hmm. right? And so again, this can be something that gets the best of you, yeah. So right. And can cause a lot of problems for you, or it can be something that you have a really good handle on and that you use as a beautiful gift, because this again is where you can have some of those psychic and empathic abilities. If you can kind of like rein in some of the dangers that come with it. Yeah. So with mine, I know the only undefined centers I have is the, my crown and my third eye, the rest is all mm. defined. Right. So Dang. that's, 
I know, right? So I'm just like, I've learned a little bit about that, how like my thoughts are easily influenced by others. And I'm mm-hmm. very aware of that now. I haven't always. And that's the thing is just, just even learning that I was able to take back so much of my power because I didn't realize how much of it I was giving away. Like, yeah, all the time, all the way up until like a couple of years ago in my adulthood. And that for me was like a reclaiming of my own power because now I, I am aware of it. And it's just like, I've met people even with like an open heart center or open other parts of them. And it's just like, those are the parts where they're just so easily influenced. And I've seen it and mm-hmm. just getting into those places. Like, what would you recommend if you do have an open center? How would you yeah. handle that? So I think what you said is exactly perfect because for me and the way that I particularly teach human design with my clients and in my container Mm -hmm. is that like, and I'm forever like a 12 step kid, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've been in recovery for years and like the, the tried and true first step of like, right. Like first you have to like admit that you have a problem, right? right? which like for me translate into so much of like the spiritual work that we do and into human design is like just awareness. Mm -hmm. You can change so much once you bring something to the forefront of your consciousness and you become aware of a behavior, you become Mm -hmm. aware of a pattern and you start to notice it. Yeah. Particularly like if I, and I always tell my clients, I'm like, this can be a gentle process. We're not trying to ram you through a deconditioning process <laughs> into something new. We have, and everybody has learned that when you're doing something by force, like it doesn't stick. No. Right. Beha- we're not looking for behavior modification here. Right. Because like mm-hmm. behavior modification, like is external. We're actually looking to change the way you operate. We're not trying to change what you do. We're trying to change who you be right? Mm -hmm. We want to actually shift the beliefs and the thought patterns so that you can unconsciously hold your power instead of having to consciously assert your power, right? Do you feel the difference? Oh God, yeah. Right. There's a difference between, and we can even see this in particular leaders, maybe in your industry or in politics or on the world stage, there is a huge difference between people who embody their power and people who wield it like a sword. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you can totally tell that. Yeah. And so we don't want to try and like force ourselves to condition. So I'm always like, just start noticing, start noticing those thought patterns, start noticing those open head center patterns. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, once you start to notice these things, then you can start to ask yourself like, oh, is this serving me right now? Do I want to actually do this? Like, mm-hmm. or do I want, like, do I need to reel this back in? Yeah. Right. Particularly like with the open head centers where like you can get like very easily distracted mentally and have like a lot of mental object syndrome. Yeah. Right. And a lot of like mental pressure to think things, to know things, to find information on things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like you can ask yourself, like, ooh, I'm noticing I'm asking a lot of questions and like really seeking a lot of information here are these questions mine? Is this information actually going to help me? Or am I just looking for information for information's sake? Am I looking for information as a way to delay having to make a decision about something by claiming I need to know more, even though I probably already know everything that I need to know, right? Because what's really interesting, particularly about the open head center, which I want to say is like 
70% of the population has an open head center, if I'm recalling the number correct. That's a big number. So it's most yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's why it's a really good center to talk about being open yeah. because most of us. Um, but so, you know, with that open head center, particularly, it's like our brains, contrary to popular belief, are not how we were meant to make decisions. Our brains are not our decision makers. Mm right? They are information sifters they run and collectors. The they run the system, yeah. Right. They run the system. They do the computations, but they don't actually make the decisions. That's what our authority is for, mm, right? Okay. And so up in our head, that's where we can get, particularly if you've got those open head center patterns running, right? That's when you're going to get really caught up in your ego about what makes okay. sense, what's reasonable, what's rational, what's logical, right? What's the right thing to do? What if I put it out on paper? If I run an Excel spreadsheet, what would it tell me was like the probabilities, right? This is open head and Ajna shit, yeah. like all the way. <laughs> you and were describing so my life yes. to get caught up in here. But what we really need to do is like, yeah, you want to like use wisdom and discernment. You want to do your due diligence and make sure like, if you have legitimate questions, like you get your questions answered. If you need to mm -hmm. run some numbers or something, like run the numbers on the thing. But then you don't make your decision based on the answers or the numbers. You take that information, you go, okay, now I have the information. And then you drop into your inner authority, which for you, you said would be solar plexus, right? Let me see. Um, yes, it says emotional solar plexus, inner authority. Right. And yeah. you're a Manny Jen, correct? Yes. <laughs> right. So for you, it would be like dropping down into your body and being like, what do, like, what's correct for me? Right. And feel and into it yeah. based on, right. And so for most of us, with the exception of the mental projectors who have sounding board and the reflectors. So that's going to be about 4% of the population who are mental reflectors and mental projectors and reflectors. Mm -hmm. um, so the other 96% of us, our authorities lie inside of us in our body. And so it really is dropping into the body. Right. Mm -hmm. And then being like, what's correct for me? Like, what's my, what do I know? Right. Mm -hmm. Like not, what do I like lowercase K know in my brain? What do I capital K know in like my bones? Yeah. Right? I like that. <laughs> and that, um, and that's going to be a slightly different nuanced feeling based on your authority. Right. So for the okay. sacral, it's going to be like an instantaneous yes or no. Right. And it's going to kind of be that, like, this feels expansive. This feels contractive yeah. feeling. Um, the solar plexus needs to wait a minute. I have to wait for my emotions to run their course. Yeah. Yeah. Because for solar plexus authorities, um, you run a wide gamut of emotions, something that feels so exciting. Now you might doomsday the hell out of later and decide it's going to like leave you homeless with your cats and you're going to mm -hmm. die. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, you have to wait a minute because you don't want to make decisions out of your emotions. You don't want to make decisions from high highs or low lows. You want to find like something of a neutral, or you want to be able to sift through the emotions to find the knowing underneath them. Right. Right. Um, the spleen is kind of like also it's like a very still small voice it's that voice of intuition that just like whispers at you and is like don't get on the highway and then you're like <laughs> why not yeah what? should yeah. I listen to that or should like I'm kind of here at the at the ramp and like you have to make a split second decision 
Yeah. And then you're just like, ah, did I do the right thing? Right. And so like the spleen is that like very intuitive, slow voice that like doesn't repeat itself a million times. It like no. talks once and then it disappears. And then you're just like, <laughs> did that just happen? Yeah. Right. Right. So that's like a skill for splenic authorities to really hone how to tap into that and what that exactly feels and sounds like to them. Um, the ego authorities, um, either manifested or projected, whichever one, cause there's two types. That's really about asking like, you know, what do I want? Mm-hmm. I always tell my ego, my, uh, my ego projected authorities to really just like, or my ego manifested too, to really give themselves permission to be like, well, what's in it for me? Well, and I find not anybody really can answer that. It's I, what do you want? What do you want? And I, everyone can answer what I don't want. So it's like, maybe if you take what you don't want and look at the opposite of that, there you go. Right. (laughs) So what's really, let me finish through the authorities really quick. And then I'll tell you an interesting on that. I just don't want to get too sidetracked. So then like with the, with the self-projected authority, that's really like simply put as like, you know, like what, what are my values here? Right. Like, is this thing in alignment with like my big picture, with my core values and like my big vision and mission for my life. Sounding board is one that needs to talk its way through it. It's important for sounding board, you know, um, for sounding boards to not uh, have people talk back at them or give feedback, but to just have people who will like gently witness them while they talk through the things. And then all of a sudden they come to the knowing, right? At the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're all finding the knowing, right? Yeah, that's that's, the, that's the thing that's, yeah. that's the thing that we're how we interpret that or how long that takes us or what our fastest way to the knowing is that's really what the inner authority is, is what's the clearest, fastest way to find the knowing, Mm -hmm. right? When we're all just looking for the knowing. Um, But what you were saying about like, you know, it's some, so many people don't know what they want. Right. A question that I often play with and that I've been working with my clients with when we're feeling really stuck, instead of thinking like, should I do this? right? Um, Is this the right thing for me? Which is usually how we're thinking. We're usually thinking into the yes, Mm -hmm. right? And I flip it and I will encourage or myself or others to think into the no. So instead of looking at like, what would, you know, it's always good to say like, what would happen if I did this and kind of try and play that out a little bit. But then I always think, what would happen if I didn't do it? That's a really good way of looking at it. What would happen if I said no here? I was recently um, going through a sales process with a coach and, uh, you know, we were kind of right at the end of the conversation and everything had been named and I really wanted in, but I was like a little bit freaked out because it was a, the hugest investment I had ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> but like I did my due diligence, like I went through wisdom and discernment. I was like, okay, like I, I technically have the money, but like, <laughs> it's totally freaking me out. Right. We've all been there and done this and yep. everything. And I went through like, what's the possibility? What could happen? What could we create over the six months together? Like, what could we do? All of that. And Mm -hmm. then I flipped it and said, what if I don't do this? And I started to cry. Because that's the thing is people don't ever really look at that side. It's because we have never trained ourselves to look at that side. We were never even told this. So this is like amazing that you're saying this. And I love the concept because then it makes you start thinking in a different way. And yeah. And I was like, if I don't do this, I will be so disappointed in myself that I let fear get the best of me because I know that the work that we're going to do together over the six months together is not only going to change me in my lives, but it's going to change the lives of so many other people. And that like, like it's here and now. And if I don't do that, the idea of not moving forward 
in the work that I was wanting to do felt like a betrayal to self. And it broke my heart because it was like, no, like you're here in this conversation because you were like divinely led through a series of like knowings and signs and things to be here. So like, and then you're going to stop short because you're a little bit freaked out about the money number, right? Like (laughs) how dare you deny yourself and all of the people that will be in like the ripple effect of this work? Like how dare you deny the world that? And like, it broke my heart when I was able to, and that's when I like, that's when I fully knew, like, there's no way I can say no, because Mm -hmm. I could, when I was trying to feel into the yes and what was possible, my fear was still really loud. But when I, when I hit that, what if I say no, when I thought about not doing it and what the consequence and reality of that would be like that, blew the fear out of the water. And I knew. Mm -hmm. I can totally see how that would. Yeah. That is really amazing. I love that. Sometimes it's just flipping the way we ask the questions. Yeah. And it's all about looking at things in a different angle, standing on your head, you know, and doing whatever you have to do to get that different perspective for sure. Right. So I know there's also these arrows behind, beside each of your head, right? And some are going out, some are coming in, some have different numbers and things underneath them I don't we don't have enough time to go through the entire (laughs) thing but right so yeah so these are called the variables um and they are arrows that point either left or right um and traditionally speaking if you know the the top left one is your digestion the uh which is all about the way that you take in life as well as food Mm -hmm. So we mm-hmm. even go into like your specific diet and all of these things. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom left arrow is your environment and what kind of environment you should be living in. Sometimes it's right. something abstract. Like you should be like near places where there's a lot of people. Sometimes it's like you should live in the mountains. Yeah. Mine is like mountain passive. And it's yeah. very like, it's very literal. Like, no, 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 no. Not Please, just like, go. right. <laughs> There's mountains passive and mountains active, right? And so like one is like, oh yeah, you just want to be like high up. So like have your office in a second story or make sure you're on like a high rise building. And then one is like, no actual mountains, bitch. Yeah. Go to Montana. <laughs> so that would be like <laughs> not the passive. That would be the other one, right? Right. So active, active, I believe, I, you know what? Like off the top of my head, mm-hmm. this is the substructure, which is like can, is fairly complicated. Yeah. Right. And there's like, you know, because when you pull a traditional chart, it's just going to show you arrows. When you get a professional chart, there's three layers of numbers called color, tone, and base underneath why they're numbers and called color, tone, and base. (laughs) Don't ask me who came up with that system. Um, Some analytical person. As if it was not confusing (laughs) enough, like you're the color three, you know, like Mm -hmm. things. Thanks for making this harder for my brain to understand. That's not even Um, a cutler, but okay. Right, exactly. Like, like, why did we call it this? And so there's like all of these different, all of these different layers that like all mean different things, right? And so like right off the top of my head, I cannot recall. I don't want to say it wrong. I would rather just take ownership that like I'd have to look at notes. That's fair. No, that's (laughs) To know the difference between passive and active. And this is why like, you know, I, I recoil a little bit when people wrongly introduce me or call me a human design expert, 
right? And I refer to myself as a human design mentor. As you can see, like this is multifaceted because like we've got like these arrows and everything. We've got all of the different layers of them in the substructure. And then we still haven't even hit on like the channels in oh, between all of the lines <laughs> in between all of the centers. And we haven't even touched on all of the numbers that are in the centers and all the numbers yeah. that go down the sides of your chart and the everything. Body, like, the mind. It yeah. is literally so like it's inexhaustible the amount of information that is held in a human design chart. And like, mm -hmm. I'm still learning and I'm still memorizing things. And every now and again, I like, I still need to use reference books for certain things. Cause I'm like, ah, I don't know. There's so much yeah. in my brain right now. Right. And so I don't really like when it comes to human design, the turn expert, because I'm like, there's all still so much for us to learn. And I just can't imagine, um, you know, that anybody has like fully mastered the system mm -hmm. because even the people who might be able to rattle off all of the things, I focus less on the idea of mastering the system. And for me, it's about mastering myself and my and that's the, Yeah. Just bringing myself. awareness to that and, you know, bringing it in the forefront of your mind, just understanding that right. there's a manual that you can look into and manuals. Even if you look at a car manual, that is thick. That is thick information. Right, exactly. Right? So it's so much stuff. And half of the even... stuff in there, like you won't need unless there's like a special circumstance. Yeah. So, right. And so like sitting and reading it all isn't going to really do you any good, right? It's no. kind of like, okay, what are the important things? What kind of gas do I need? What kind of oil yeah. do I need? Like, what are these things that I need? What's the tire pressure supposed to be? What are the things that I need to know now? And then like, we can always go and look up and learn the things later right. that As become relevant, but like stay focused on the things that that matter that are going to help you start to make shifts that are going to help you begin to embody this like your type your profile your strategy your authority your centers right these are the things that are really going to matter um and also it's really important to me too that like you know we find a way to de-intellectualize this system so that it doesn't just feel like so much information flying at you and it actually feels actionable mm -hmm. in integratable implementable that we can like take it and move it forward because it does nobody any good if they can like rattle off all the things and they're like i'm mountains passive and i have so like what know, does that mean yeah i have an i have an active caveman digestion and like all of these things right <laughs> and like i have a defined root and you know the 2034 channel like none of that shit means anything if you only know it in your head and you don't know how to actually make it work in your life right right if you don't know how to apply it if you don't know how to utilize it for your greatest success and joy and abundance and peace and prosperity like none of that matters so making sure that this is all implementable, making sure that it's taught in a way that is able to be embodied as well as bringing in conversations that are, you know, not always popular in human design spaces about, you know, the decolonization of it and really giving honor to the places from which the system takes, right? Mm -hmm. And acknowledging that like, the pieces of the system are rooted in other indigenous cultures, right? Yeah. And, and that's that, what like, you were saying. He pulled we from get everything. To, yeah. Right. And that we get to show honor to those people and to those cultures and to where they came from, um, yeah. as well as bringing a trauma-informed lens to the conversation, right? When we're talking about what, what did I say? Like 90... 
However, 96% of the population has an inner authority, right? How can you tap into your body and what your body's trying to tell you if you're dissociated and unable to be fully in your body? Yeah. Right. How can you tap into a sacral authority, right? If you have sexual trauma that has blocked you from that area of energy. How can you in how can you find a clear neutral knowing in your solar plexus if you have been gaslit to not trust yourself? Mm. Oh, that's deep. That's good. If you were raised in chaos and chaos feels normal to you. And so you consistently create patterns of chaos and stress and arousal, right? In mm. order to feel normal because neutral feels unsafe. Yeah. So we have to like bring this lens. And this was something I noticed when I first started doing human design is I was just like, I was working with all these people and they were struggling to find their authorities. And I was like, wait a second, why is no one talking about trauma in human design? Because how are we ever supposed to find these authorities if we have trauma that's blocking them? And so bringing that into the conversation. Right. And so it's like, it's, it's this, such this multi-layered like it's so big. And so breaking it down and just learning, like, what do I need to focus on here today? That's going to serve me that I can implement, that I can action out in my life in this moment. Right. And not getting overwhelmed by the insane amount of information because you will spend literally years (laughs) learning all of the information and you'll still be like, wait, no, I don't know. Let me pull out my book. Even the guy who developed it, I'm sure he's probably still learning more and more and adding to it because it's just, it ever is changing, you know? Right. So he's passed now, Oh, okay. um, but he was consistently adding to it. There are mm-hmm. pieces that were added as, as like recently as 2012, hmm. the variables, the arrows were like not originally a part of the system. And actually in the very, very original system, there were not even types. There were manifestors and non-manifestors. Just and that simple. was it. But life is so complex. So of course. And we then have- we break it down to five. <laughs> right. And so it yeah. is this like ever evolving, ever breathing, living. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, just like a car manual, right? There's updates, there's recalls, there's all sorts of things where we're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, right. Like, ooh, maybe like, maybe we got this wrong or maybe we didn't go as deep into this as we should should have, right? Or maybe like this was a little off. And so it really is living, breathing um, system that, you know, is we're consistently even though, you know, Ra is gone. Still, I personally believe there are definitely human design people out there who think that like his system was the system and like no one should touch it. And like, it's infallible, but like human design for me is not a religion to be followed. This is a system. It is a tool to assist us in our growth and our ascension. Um, yeah. It is not a religion. And so he does not get the end all be all. And if we can find ways to make it better, to make it more accessible, to make it more um, implementable to help more people, then I'm all here for, for doing that. That's awesome. 
So what advice would you give to somebody that's just starting out and just kind of diving into this? What would you say to them? Um, don't buy books. Because <laughs> <laughs> the number one question I get from people is, I just found my human design. What book do you recommend? Oh, None yeah. of them. <laughs> None of them. And I really struggled at first with saying that because it felt really self-serving for me Mm -hmm. to say like, don't go buy the books, get a reading with me. But the reality is, is that again, the book is human design books typically read like college texts. Mm -hmm. They're over intellectualized. You're going to read it all. You may be able to intellectually understand it, but it's all cerebral. You won't know what to do with it. You won't know how to put it into, to put it to work in your life. Um, The books just don't really do that because it is the science of individuation and everybody's chart is different, right? Because this is based off of the time and place that you were born and everybody's chart looks different. Yeah. And so it's very hard to create massive general things like books, unless you're doing it in an intellectual way. Hmm. Right. And so when you're learning from books and things, it is very intellectual and it can be dry. It can feel really disempowering and it makes most people like very confused, very overwhelmed. And that's just it. You're going to be asking your questions to, right? Well, right. Because here's, I mean, it's literally the same thing as like, we see this in astrology all the time, right? Where like people scapegoat their bad behaviors, right? And they're like, ha ha, sorry, I'm a Gemini. And it's like, no, Becky, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't blame, don't blame being a Gemini. Like you're just a Take bad responsibility. human. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And so we do the same thing with human design. Yeah. Right. And just like we can, you know, be, you'll see one astrologer talk about how like, you know, whatever, like eclipse season is wonky energy and don't manifest and all of these things, right? You'll see another astrologer talking about the power of eclipse season and how you can use it for your Mm. highest growth and prosperity, right? So, right. So like we can always frame things through an empowering or a disempowering lens. And just because human design texts tend to be so intellectual and like dry and straightforward, I find them to be disempowering and just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, So the best place to be like shameless here that I would send you to learn would be to my free Facebook group where I have a free five-day training, Human Design 101, that will walk you through. There's a video on type, a video on profile, a video on authority, a video on the centers, and it will walk you through. And you can piecemeal together like what your design is through your chart and be like, oh, I'm a projector. So here she's talking about projectors. And then you go to the, you know, the the authority. Oh, I'm a solar plexus authority. So let's listen to that piece. Right. And you can pull the different pieces out or to get a professional reading. Right. Obviously that's probably going to be the best way to get a good handle on your chart would to be to get a professional reading. Um, but you know, the, the free five-day course, uh, human design 101 in my Facebook group, is an amazing yeah. resource to go if you're like not even sure that you want to spring for that you want to pay anything for a reading yet and you're still trying to like figure out what the <laughs> heck this is all about which I totally get 
Yeah. And all of those links, of course, you can find in the show notes. So definitely go there and check it out. I would highly encourage you to, but I want to just say thank you so much for all of this information. I know we kind of dove in, but we didn't, but that is good. That's just exactly what needed to come through, came through and it is beautiful and I love it all. So thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on and telling us and sharing all this information with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. All right. Well, you have yourself a good day. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and letting me be a part of your journey. Please be sure to click subscribe and leave a review so you can help this podcast grow. If you connected with this message, feel free to share it. I hope that your journey is an exciting one filled with passion and joy from here on out. Much love.